Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him endured the cross, regarding its shame, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen. So, uh, today is All Saints Day. And traditionally, this is really a, a, this is something we, we got from the Catholic Church. Uh, this is a day when uh, they celebrate all the saints uh, of, of the faith, known and unknown, even those that we don't have names for. Normally, in the Catholic Church, you have d- special days for each saint. For example, there's a day when we celebrate Saint Francis, Saint Francis of Assisi and... Uh, oftentimes, that's people bring animals into the sanctuary and bless them. Thank the Lord, we don't do that in the Baptist Church. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, but then on All Saints Day, we kind of celebrate all the saints, and it's followed on November second by All Souls Day, which is the day when we celebrate those people in our midst who have uh, passed away. As Baptists, we really don't venerate people as saints in quite the same way, and yet there is significance in recognizing that we are indeed the benefactors of those who have gone before us. Those who are indeed heroes of the faith, who have uh, gone and, and trudged their journey and made a path for us to follow. And there are many in history who come to mind as I think of those who has gone before that we owe a debt of gratitude for. Last week, it was the 500th anniversary, and I apologize that I didn't even mention it last week because I wasn't, I was excited about something else and didn't pay attention. But uh, last week was the 500th anniversary of uh, the event that is said to spark the beginning of the Reformation. In 1517, a young Franciscan friar Uh, frustrated with some of what he saw as corruption within the church, wrote down 95 statements decrying the corruption of the church and nailed it to to the cathedral door in Wittenberg, Germany. And Martin Luther had not planned to start a new religion but to reform the Western church. But after his excommunication and being labeled a heretic, uh, he embraced a movement to create a new church that centered itself on justification by faith and not by works, by God's grace and not by anything that that we have done. That seemed to be the center point uh, for Martin Luther as he began the Reformation. And in our own Baptist tradition, if there is anyone we might consider a saint, it would have to be Roger Williams. Roger Williams, uh, when he arrived at the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1631, he was running from England where the crown was in charge of the church. And he he thought that that kind of 
uh, meshing together of the crown and the church had no place in the in the church of Christ. And so he was kind of fleeing that whole thing. And uh, when he got there to the Massachusetts Bay Colony, he was offered a pastorate in the Congregational Church in Boston. But he declined that position because his conscience was persuaded against the National Church. He didn't think that was a good idea. And he got there and realized that not only was it a meshing of church and state, but there was a full-on theocracy that... There was no line between church and state. They were kind of one and the same. And he kept railing against that idea and was kind of the thorn in the side of everyone in the colony. And soon he was banished, of course, in the middle of winter. And in fact, they were going to tar and feather him or do some other awful thing and kick him out of the colony. But the governor came to him in the middle of the night and he said, Roger, you need to pack up your stuff and leave because in the morning they're coming after you. And so he quickly packed a bag and headed out into the winter and fortunately uh, came across the Narragansett Indians who, uh, who uh, took him in and took care of him. They were much more hospitable than the Puritans of New England and he spent several winters there and also negotiated the purchase of Rhode Island from these natives, the Narragansetts, and started a small town called Providence and formed the first Baptist Church of the Americas in 1638. And that same church still stands there today. I've, I've been there for worship uh, uh, on one occasion. And there Williams and another Baptist, John Clark, worked for 14 years to secure what came to be known as the Royal Charter of Rhode Island that would guarantee religious liberty for all the colonial inhabitants of Rhode Island. And it would be the first charter in the world that secured a free, full, and absolute liberty of conscience. Here's a quote from Roger Williams. An enforced uniformity of religion throughout a nation or civil state confounds the civil and religious and denies the principles of Christianity and civility and that Jesus Christ has come in flesh. Uh, it was the influence of this particular charter that was the, the groundwork and the foundation for um, the, the separation of church and state, which is codified in our Constitution. And in fact, uh, one, of the, one of the representatives from Virginia to the Continental, to the Continental Congress, or to the Constitutional Congress, uh, refused to ratify uh, the Constitution unless James Madison could guarantee that there would be in the Bill of Rights a separation of church and state. So if you enjoy not having a state religion and having a separation of church and state, you can thank the Baptists. Amen? <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, and, and then one of, the, one of the most influential Baptists in our legacy, in our history, is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I always like to remember and add on the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. because it was out of this man's faith that he was inspired to spend his life seeking justice for his people. Born a son of a preacher in Atlanta, he was valedictorian when he graduated from an American Baptist seminary called Crozier Hall. It was then in Pennsylvania, now it's in New York. Um, he was drawn into the civil rights movement after Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the bus 
for a white man. And he was elected on that occasion by the NAACP to lead the bus boycott in that city. And, uh, and from that began his life as, uh, as an activist for civil rights. Jesus, uh, 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 Martin said this, We have no alternative but to protest. For many years we have shown an amazing patience. We have sometimes given our, right, our white brothers and sisters the feeling that we liked the way we were being treated. But we come here tonight to be saved from that patience that makes us patient with anything less than freedom and justice. And I have to tell you, it was Martin's faith that compelled him to fight for justice. It, was, it came out of his understanding of who Jesus was in the world and what the Bible really had to say about the kingdom of God. And it was really the civil rights movement that inspired me to seek life in the ministry. I, the, that it was a, a clergy person who led us through the civil rights, to me was the, the most exciting part of it. And I, I felt compelled by those same things, that, that there's a world out there that doesn't look like the kingdom of God, and we who follow Christ are called to live that out and stand up for it and be activists for the kingdom of God. People of faith, inspired by God, compelled by the teachings of Christ, who made it their vocation to transform the world to be more like the kingdom of God. Martin's, green, Martin's dream is grounded in the picture of the world we are given by Jesus Christ. And of course, these are really famous people. They inspire not only me and you, but many in the world. Uh, and arguably, they're the real deal when it comes to talking about saints. And yet, we need not look to such lofty individuals to recognize that we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. There's a man who was na whose name was Don Martin, and he and his wife Donis were the youth leaders when I was in junior high at Clearfield Community Church, just north of here. And uh, they were lay persons. They, they just did it as a volunteer. And it was Don Martin I went to when I was thinking about baptism, when I had been, you know, inspired by the worship and by this community, and I was thinking to myself, I want to claim that faith for myself. I went and talked to Don, and Don and I had several conversations about that. And in fact, it was Don who happened to work for my father at the time. My father worked at Hill Air Force Base, and Don was one of his employees, one of the people that worked for him. And when, when I wanted to be baptized and when I wanted to join what was called the Youth Leadership Corps at the time, which was a regional uh, position, my father was not real keen on a lot of these things. He was not, my dad, you, you know, it skipped a generation, I guess. Uh, my father was not all that into church. And it was Don who went to his office and sat down with him and explained my faith to him in a way that I just was too intimidated to do and pave that way for my father to kind of understand my faith. And given that my dad was his boss, I thought that was pretty brave of him <laughs> to do that. And when I went forward for my, to, to say that I wanted to be baptized, it was Don and Donis who stood by my side and, and stood there with me. 
And then later on, there was a man named Reverend Ralph Bunting. Uh, Ralph Bunting was an interim pastor at First Baptist Church of Ogden, uh, where I was a member after I left and got stationed back here. In fact, I think it, so. Uh, if I live long enough, I'll be a member of every Baptist church in the state because I've been a member of Clearfield, and now I'm talking about Ogden First Baptist Church, where I was a youth leader and uh, Ralph Bunting was the interim pastor there and I had been stationed back here and I was I want I was eager to get into the ministry but I was a long way from it I hadn't I had almost no college under my belt at that point and Ralph just took me under his wing and and encouraged me and supported me and uh, helped me you know pick out classes and helped me you know stand in front of people and do stuff and and he just saw he just he was one of the it's kind of a weird but he was one of the few people who was really excited about me going into the ministry I, there were <laughs> I no one was as excited as I was but he he had a lot of enthusiasm about it and after I went to seminary he even he kept up with me he would send me a note at least once a year you know encouraging me and when I got ordained he he was uh, he was there. As a matter of fact, he was at, in the audience, and uh, uh, he was a wonderful man. He he died some years later, but what an incredible saint in my life. Um, so I asked the question: what, Who inspires us? I mean, what inspires us? What moves us to action? What transforms the way we think? It is people. It is the people in our lives, people who answer the call, people who see the call in us, people who pass the torch. What a blessing it is to find someone who can say, I've done my part, now it's time for you to do you, your part. And they pass the torch and they let us run with it. People whose words and actions show us what God can do and what God is doing in the world we live in. From Martin... To my friend Ralph, I stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before me. And I often wonder, who is God calling me to lift up? Who is my Curtis that uh, I can encourage and inspire and help along the way and send encouraging notes to? And I, I invite you to ask that same question. As people of faith, as people who are on the journey, wherever you are in that, whether you're, you find yourself in a struggle or whether you feel pretty solid in your journey and your relationship with God, who are you bringing along? Who are you passing your torch to? How are you, how are you continuing the momentum? For whom are you the saint? For God has called us all to be the gospel that so many people see. To be the, the only Jesus many will know. And I invite us all on this All Saints Day, when we reflect on those who inspired us. Not only the ones we, we celebrate in our table here today, but the ones who come to mind. Some we've met, some we don't even know. But as they have inspired you, we are invited to seek to be an inspiration to others through the leading of God, 
empowered by the Holy Spirit and under the teachings of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. A loving and gracious God, as we reflect on how we have been touched by so many in our midst, we offer ourselves to you and we ask, who are we given to nurture and encourage and inspire? May we seek that calling and answer it when we hear it. We ask these things in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.